Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Oh my goodness, Meredith. <laughs> the last time I saw you was in the basement of the Whitney Museum in in the family room, which is not as posh room. as it sounds. It's not. It's really not. But we no. are really in for a treat today. We and are. Our listeners are as well. I know. Well, yes, they they are in for a treat. We just get we get to be a part of the treat before them. <laughs> Yeah, we're like the dress rehearsal. We're going to make sure everything's okay. Yes. And then we're going to release this episode and they're going to be like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yes, right? 100%. So will you, will you please tell our listeners why this is oh, going to be like amazing? We have two guests today. Two. Two. I'm holding two. up two Me too. fingers. We both are. And they are both podcasters and they are BFFs. And we were actually, should we tell this part of the story? You tell this part of the story. Well, we were on, we were on their podcast. <laughs> and they still showed up today. Even and they still showed up. They already know us. So they're like, they still like, showed up. They're like, we kind of had to bribe them a little bit, but they, they still came. They, all they needed was a bottle of wine and a couple hundred dollars. And they're like, fuck it. Do you know that, listeners, do you know that phrase in English that says deer in the headlights? Look, that's what our guests have today as they're here. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you who they are. Is that okay? Yeah, please. Oh, my God, go. <laughs> <laughs> we have Holly Meoni and Gina Hannenberg, host of LOA Uncorked. Some of our listeners do not know what LOA is, so that's going to be one of our first questions. It's a podcast, and they are inseparable BFFs. They found each other in 2004 when they worked together in corporate America. Out of their thirst to create magic within community and their love for the limelight, <laughs> the LOA Uncorked podcast was born in 2018, four years ago. Holly and Gina are all about making conscious creation a lifestyle, about learning and sharing how we can experience and express ourselves fully in our authenticity and personal power. I'm going to read that again. They're all about learning and sharing how we can experience and express ourselves fully in our authenticity and personal power. Wow. They're both students and teachers in their podcast episodes, absolutely passionate about empowering their listeners to learn to fully own their lives along with them. Mm. I told you it was a treat. It's a big treat. I'm excited. Hello, hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. hello thank hello. you for having us. And are you waiting for permission? We're not anymore. We're here. You, you are here. <laughs> it just took a bottle of wine and a couple hundred bucks. And you made it. <laughs> We're in the inner circle. We're in. We totally Joseph are. Listeners, we are kidding. We do right. not give bottles of wine. Right? We don't, yeah. listeners. Just champagne. Just money. Okay, like, yeah. Just move Clicquot. <laughs> <laughs> I know there might be one or two people that don't know about LOA, what that stands for and what it means. Do you, can we start there? Yeah. I mean, I think we were trying to sneak it in the title uh, and people are going, LOA? Okay. What's LOA? It's what's law LOA? of attraction. Yeah. Law of attraction. And we feel like we're, we want to um, upgrade that uh, from the secret to modern day times. And so it's, LOA, LOA Uncorked, which is really about 
um, intentional direction of your life. So Mm. we call it making conscious creation a lifestyle. And I, you know, Gene and I were talking, we loved having you on our podcast and we sat there afterwards and you have to come listen to that too. We sat there afterwards and we're like, these two people that we met, I mean, honestly, are so authentic and they're artists to their bone. I mean, the stories they told and you got your listeners probably have heard some of these stories, but I just, I feel like we can extract a little bit more detail, but the stories you guys told and Gina and I are corporate executives and, you know, former and current. And so we were looking at each other going, you know, I'll bet you they've always led, led their lives through conscious creation. And that had me scratching my head because I don't think we do this in a corporate environment as much. Um, but I feel like the true and true authentic creatives that you two are probably do that more. And so I don't know, maybe you can answer that. Although I'm not supposed to ask, ask the questions today, <laughs> but, but I mean, this was our pondering. We were like, yeah. this is amazing. And we hear your stories. It feels, it felt very conscious creation and mm-hmm. which is our whole core foundation of our podcast. Well, I'm curious for this question then, because we've, we've all been hearing about the great resignation. We are hearing often people are talking about burnout prevention. People are talking about wellness practices. People are talking about being more intentional and creative in the work environment. So I, I'm going to have to take this question, and put it back on you too, which is, have you seen a shift? Have you actually seen the space open for more conscious creation within the work environments? Um, curious about that piece because there's a whole lot of talk about it, but I don't know if there's action. I love it. I'll start, Gina, and then I'm going to hand it Please. off to you. But <clears throat> I am a product of the Great Resignation. So I've been a corporate executive at the C suite for, I don't know, a very long time. And I really, I guess I was waiting for permission. I hate to, you know, overly exaggerate the title of your podcast, but, but it's true. I mean, we do do that. And I think I was waiting for permission at first. It was, and I'm going to call it some excuses. At first it was like, I can't, you know, my husband won't let me. And then I got rid of the husband. Then it was, I can't, I'm a single mother. And then it was like, I can't, I need medical. And finally it was like, no, I can't. I can, and I can figure out what that looks like. And so I do feel that um, although Gina and I have a core foundation in bringing conscious creation into the boardroom, into the office space, I had always known in my core since I was a child that um, I was, you know, never really destined for numbers and math and you know, all those things that I was a CFO that a CFO does. I forced myself to learn that. And, and so I feel like I woke up during this big resignation that I thought, okay, I'm stopping making excuses. I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm a grown ass woman and I'm just going to do it. And so I'm handing that off to you, Gina. So <laughs> I'm a product of it. <laughs> You are That's a your segue, a grown ass woman, and she's passing. Grown ass woman. <laughs> yeah, listen, this is these Amen. are the kinds of segues. This is the kind of segues I get often, Joseph. I just got to pick that up and rise to the occasion. Well, yeah, no, I think you know what's so interesting is you know 
the great resignation, um, I think is a byproduct of people not living and doing what is at their core and what they love to do. Um, and I can speak from experience on that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, one of the things that both Holly and I did do in our corporate environment, not because I think it was welcomed to your point, Meredith, or we're creating space for it, or it's more encouraged, but rather um, it was critical from just, I think, a survival standpoint to start to um, show up in the workplace more authentic. I think so many of us in the workplace, we adjust who we are to fit a culture. And in doing so, lose yourself, lose your identity, lose, you know, many of the characteristics that make you talented and unique and special and stand out. And I think, unfortunately, there's that just sort of happens in that environment. I don't know if it's overt by a firm, but it just does. And so, you know, Holly was, you know, exceptional in terms of a partnership for me at our corporate gig, which we worked at for 18 years together of, you know, pushing me. Uh, I used to say, look, they look at me like I have four heads. Like I'm a creative type, you know, that's my background is more that. And coming into a very corporate engineering firm in HR, I mean, mm. I mean, it was tough. It was tough. And I felt like I had to fit a certain mold or a model that would help me be successful in that corporate job. And I think in doing so, you can easily lose yourself. And you, I started to tell myself, well, they don't want to know who I am. That's not true. That's, that's not true. They did. And when I started to show up with Holly's coaching and guidance and, and you know, flailing sometimes at me, um, I was wildly successful, more successful than I had ever been in the 20 years prior. So I really feel like um, I think we should all just, for me, it was a great reminder. Of don't wait for the invitation. Just do make sure you're living and walking your authentic path. You're being true and honest to yourself. You're showing up in a way that is in service of those that you're with. And the rest takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Can I dive yeah. a little deeper into that? So authenticity, beautiful word. It is used a lot in conversations these days. And there's two parts of it. I'm, I'm rough drafting this, as Meredith would say. So authenticity, it sounds really easy, right? Because that's just being ourselves. And who else can we be? Right? That's the easiest thing. It's like tying our shoes or even easier. Right. And yet at the same time, we find it so incredibly difficult, especially in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, for me, what I found is I forgot who I was. Mm -hmm. You know, I was something different at home, so much different than who I was at work. I used to always say, like, you would be surprised at me out of the office, like completely different people. And then because the, I was so disjointed, I kind of almost like wasn't any of the two. Like I wasn't either of the extremes. I just sort of, I felt like I was just sort of there. You know, I would put on a shelf for one thing. I put on a shelf for another thing. And I kind of lost like, who am I at my core? And, you know, Holly was instrumental in, in really creating some, uh, well, she loves to give to-dos and, you know, homework. So she gave me some good to-dos and homework <laughs> and practice. And, you know, we had really deep conversations. And, you know, in watching her it became very clear to me that, you know, I had, I had lost a bit of myself. So, you know, it's hard. So you're, to your point, Joseph, like authenticity, if you don't even know who you are, how can you be that? 
right? You have to do the work of going inward, really understanding yourself, making sure you know yourself really well so that you can show up and walk in that Mm -hmm. way. Beautiful. So I have a question for the both of you, which is, and Holly, can you, can you tell me, is this, is this work you're doing now with people to help them kind of lean into all their parts? (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I feel like I do it every day, but I don't do it for a living. Okay. And, you know, part of, uh, part of what Gina talks about, when, when you unpack authenticity, and I think, Joseph, you were going here, is that somehow we either lose ourselves or from childhood, it just starts. And either you lose yourself or you don't ever get to know yourself because you're culturized into something else. So I think being authentic is the hardest, hardest thing you can possibly do in your life. And once you figure out and, and it, and it's a journey that keeps, keeps changing. And so one of the things that I feel has helped me grow immensely was um, knowing yourself deeply by using tools to like, for example, astrology actually can tell you the essence of what your soul wants you to be. And if I looked at your guys's charts, you know, I would see creatives and I would see, I would see certain things. And, and so really diving into what makes you, you exploring that also gives you the compassion and the non-judgment, which is also a core value, non-judgment of how other people are living their life. And so all of this helps you step into and give you permission can't believe I'm saying that again, but it happens <laughs> to work. Bring it okay. on. <laughs> I know, it happens to work. Amen. Okay. And so it uh, gives you permission to kind of step into that. So unpacking that authenticity is, is really hard. And I think when Gina talks about the corporate environment, yes, we worked together for 18 years. It is a Petri dish of shining back to you and reflecting those things about yourself that you do not like. Mm. And so when you're mad at so-and-so in a meeting, it's like, okay, let's reflect back. What is that trigger that I'm having? Why am I having it? And so Gina and I would go through those conversations and she's, she says, I helped her. Well, she helped me too. And we both helped one another explore what is my part in the situation. It doesn't mean that whatever happened is okay. It's just like, what am I being triggered on? What's that wound that they, when they insulted me or whatever happened, you know, what is that wound that, you know, um, that would get triggered. And then I would hop in a car after my meeting and I turn on the immigrant song, Led Zeppelin very loud. And I would scream. Okay. And that's how I knew I was mad. Okay. And I would get it out. And then I'm like, okay, what in the hell is going on? And you know, when you look inside, because it's always not excusing behavior, but there's always a trigger inside that needs to be healed. So it was a Petri dish of being able to do that. Uh, I think that is, yeah, because I, I feel like that's taking ownership of your own feelings is such a huge first step. And so for our listeners, I would say if you're in this work environment right now, and you're constantly being triggered or your shadows being brought up to the surface, if you will, uh, wh- 
ask yourself why this is where that curiosity piece comes in. And I feel like what you just said is, is brilliant. Um, yes. And Joseph, it sounded like you were going to say something as well. I was, I don't want to take us off, off topic, but we've, you've mentioned a couple of times conscious creation. And I'm wondering for those of us, I'm going to put myself in this category because I'm a human being. Those of us who are in, we're sometimes living in unconscious creation because that's a thing, right? How can we take steps? Like what's one step that we can take away from unconscious creation towards being more conscious? I love that. And Gina, I'll, I, I'm going to give you more than one. I can't be confined to one. I mean, it just feels no. restrictive, but no. I'm going to, I mean, I'm not going to talk about in the morning setting your tone because I think that's a really important thing, but let's talk about you know, going into a boardroom or going into a tough meeting or going into an interview with you guys, you know, setting mm -hmm. an intention. What did we do before we started the podcast? We start, set an intention to be of service. We each, and I love that you guys let all of us talk. Okay. So we all had our own intentions. So setting an intention mm -hmm. always before you go into something that you are maybe lacking confidence in, or that you have some trepidation, I would always set an intention when I'd go into a board meeting to be of service to everybody and let my ego stand down and to be in service and be a light and be able to direct that. And sometimes if I thought it was going to be an angry meeting, which, you know, sometimes, you know, you never know, I would actually ask my angels to walk with me and I would visualize them in the corner you know, being my support system. So I'm never alone. And so uh, that is something that if you don't do anything, because it's hard sometimes to say, get up and meditate. And when you get in the shower, when you, you know, uh, suds your back up, let's make sure we're mindful. Now, I believe in all of that, but people will lose that. But when you're in a pickle, let's be intentional. Hmm. Yeah. May, I, may I ask a question really quick? Because you said something and I just want to direct it to the listener who's going, I am tired of say, walking and saying I'm going to be in service of because I'm in a room full of fucking men. So no offense, Joseph. And they just talk and talk and talk. And it's difficult for me to insert my voice. What do you say to that person right now? Oh, my God. OK, well, that's my whole life. So I was always <laughs> the only woman in a room. Mm -hmm. and so I was always the only woman executive in finance, a CFO in the room. And so, yes, I, I know that. And that is a real thing. And um, that is something that, I mean, it's hard. I mean, Gina's probably going to be better to answer this than me because I, you know, that is, a tr is definitely a trigger for me. But however, um, I feel like I, because I don't go into the anger, I've transcended um, a lot of the boundaries women had in the boardroom because I am not angry. I am intentful. And so I feel like you still have to be yourself. And those are situations that are given to you to be a leader and a role model. And, um, and I've seen so many women come in as managers and because we had to work so hard in our masculine to get ahead. So you have to produce results. You've got to fire people. You have to, I mean, there's no, you know, lean into it and be, be the feminine side. I'm not talking about man or female, you know, I'm talking about the feminine side of, 
who you are, um, you know, that driver is what got ahead. And so when you get into the boardroom, then you just overdo everything. And it, that doesn't work either. And so mm-hmm. I feel like by being a role model, being intentional, that I could transcend a lot of those um, uh, barriers that other women had. And I feel like I did, but Gina, you're best to talk to this, really. Thank you. Well, not best to, but, but certainly, you know, one of, the, one of the things, and I think this speaks to the conscious creation component is, <clears throat> you know, we have a choice. Um, we, don't have, we don't have a choice if the men show up and they are who they are and, you mm-hmm. know, they follow a, a bunch of lineage, but we do have a choice in what we focus on and how we, how we engage in that situation. Like Holly said, not get pissed off, not get all defensive or all, you know, um, you know, your body language is all, you know, amped up like if you if you can just set your intention before going in go in with knowing that's likely going to occur because we all know it's going to and and spend your energy and time and strategy less on being frustrated and you know annoyed and more on how can i insert myself in a way that that impacts um not only this room but other rooms for other women i think that's mm. That's the big piece of work. And it's, it's hard to do. And, you know, some days, you know, we just want to be pissed off and that's okay too. But I think if you can more often than not go in with that intention, uh, you know, even if it happens, you're just not going to be as impacted by it. And I think that's the whole goal is what, what energy do I want to take on and carry around with me? And what, what, mm-hmm. what don't I? Um, and <clears throat> I mean, that's been a huge, that's been a huge part of learning. And, and I think that's, you know, Joseph, back to your question around, you know, if somebody's in one of those kinds of um, environments where it, they're not conducive and it's, you know, painful for them, you know, all of these practices, whether you, you know, you do mindfulness in the shower or, or you meditate or you, you know, do affirmations or just a quiet prayer moment here and whatever it is, it's all about playing with the energy and, and trying some new things. And what Holly and I found partly because of our partnership and friendship and, and work relationship, but also just in, um, in our personal lives too, outside of the offices, when you play with new things and you learn new things, it, you're always more mindful. And then you celebrate the positive things that happen because of the pre-paving and the intention setting and you just start to watch that push and pull of the universe. And then it becomes um, just the way in which you do things and not, not even an effort to do it. You know, it's not a, not a practice you have to do or part of your routine. It just becomes how you think and approach the, what you're dealing with in your world. I mean, I, I, I want to add to that in a funny way. So we do, I always prepave when we go on a trip. So I love going on trips with Gina and, um, and she brings out my inner child. And so I want to be mischievous. And so I prepave everything from getting on the airplane to what I want to feel when I get there. Like it's usually feelings, mm. but I, and then we'll, then I, after the trip, we'll look and see how many we check off. And, um, I do this alone. And so I inserted a clown. I thought, I want to see a clown. Okay. And so this is how we play. Right. So I was like, I hate clowns. I'm sorry, clowns. Okay. Clown shit is just overrated. I don't like it. 
creepy okay. or creepy. I hope creepy. you guys were never clowns. We don't like them. Okay. <laughs> we're sorry, clowns, but it doesn't work. They're creepy, scary. And Gina doesn't like them either. So I was a Christian clown when I was nine. <laughs> were you? I was worried one of the whole fucking story for another time. I was just saying, that got we want to hear the Christian cloud. We should have had them on the, we'll have you back on the podcast. Okay? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It could be the whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're not having any clown shit. Okay. They have so. very high standards for their podcast listeners. They like hear something they're like, we're going to do a whole episode. Whole on podcast. That. Oh, yeah. I have like, no idea. We can make that very <laughs> in service too. But, but anyway, so, you know, we stuck, I, stuck it in there didn't tell her and then we're coming back on the plane i was like hey, where's our clown okay like you know she's like what the hell are you talking about anyway we did have the clown um and so we 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 play with we play with energy yep. mm-hmm. i think that it's i love that i love mm-hmm. that you said you you set an intention for how you want to feel when you get there i'm going to try that the next time i go on a family vacation yes yes <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. yes. I took yeah. my daughter on a college trip and I was like, okay, all right, let's make sure we prepave every feeling that we want to have from the, when you leave the house. Cause you know, the whole traveling process can be, right. I would say VIP, like let's bring it on some champagne and let's just do this, you know, and make it really a fun, wonderful time. And usually I can almost check. I usually put about 10. And I can almost check all of them off. But sometimes like with Gina, I'm, you know, I'm a little mischievous. So I inserted the clown. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we went, you know, on a similar like uh, prepaving example, like we were heading to Miami for a a conference um, and she kind of does her prepaving, her vision board really for the trip. And, um, and it's all kinds of great stuff. And then, and then she put on there, she wanted flowers. So we were there what, three days, maybe four, Holly. I mean, I don't know where you're going to get flowers in Miami at a conference, but, but nonetheless, she put it on there. So we're there. As we get closer and closer to the end, she keeps going, where are my flowers? I'm going to have to get, I got everything else. Where are the flowers? And literally, so we had um, been down at the bar holding court, chitty chatting with people at the hotel and, um, and visiting it. We were ready to head up to bed. So, we actually went back and asked for waters from the bartenders before we went upstairs. And they literally, they took forever, it felt like. And then they came out with these like little plastic cups with the lids on them and a straw and a little flower in both cups. No. So, no, we did. And it was probably like 10 minutes after that we got them and we were upstairs. Holly goes, wait a minute. I got our flowers. We got our flowers. <laughs> that was awesome. So you can, again, it's how it's delivered is maybe not always the way you intend, but it was incredible. Well, it was and incredible. it was bizarre because it's the Mandarin Oriental. They don't do anything in plastic. They probably had to search for the cups, not the flowers, mm-hmm. right? You know, and mm-hmm. so it comes in a plastic cup, not a glass cup at the Mandarin Oriental with a top yeah. on it. Like, you know, I, it didn't make any sense. Anyway, that's yeah. cute. It's cute. Yeah, it's great. So it's I want to go back to what you just said, Gina, when you said, it may not roll out the way we had intended, right? So yeah. I, I, can we talk into that a little bit? Because I yeah. feel like that's a pretty big deal, what you just said there, because I feel like yeah. what happens is we set, we have these ideas, how, how we want things to play out. And so we hold them too tightly. Yes. And then what happens is we don't get to experience the beauty of the moment when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And Holly's got some great examples, but, but it's true. I mean, I've watched it enough. I've seen it enough for myself. I've seen 
you know, Holly's examples of, you know, sometimes when you're setting the intention, you have a concept in your mind about what that is, like how mm-hmm. it's going to show up. And <clears throat> you don't really think about all the other ways in which that intention could present itself to you. So you have to stay really open and curious and, you know, aware of what's going on around you. So you don't miss it. Cause oftentimes I think we look for billboards, like we all are expecting some billboard sign from the universe of, or some billboard perfect delivery of our, our, what we're trying to, to manifest. And most of the time it's like a little breadcrumb. It's like not a, it's not big, but it's still delivering it to you. And, and I think it's often, often missed. I know Holly, do you have any good examples? I do. I I still want to expect the billboard. Don't get me wrong. I want the big stuff. Okay. But we delight in the subtle Mm -hmm. and our minds aren't capable of understanding the infinite possibilities that flowers could be delivered to us at this hotel. Our mind can't even comprehend, you know, you believe in the quantum field. There's so many possibilities. We can't, we can't understand all of them. And I think that what happens is, is um, we miss some of the signs that come and they are like little breadcrumbs saying you're getting closer. So when things roll out, when they're rolling out, I mean, it is the journey we're supposed to be happy about. I have an example of, I was talking to my son who's a music producer and he was like saying, you know, I need a manager. And, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then the very next day, some kid comes to the house um, to do something with them and said, Hey, I really want to manage you. And so I was like, what? Okay. Like I'm celebrating. Like I'm like, woohoo, this is the, wow. And he goes, he's in a day. You did it in In a a day. day. And I was like, I love it when the universe responds so quickly, you know, like, (laughs) you know, prop timing is very uh, a plus for the universe. And He's like, this is a, this is terrible. And I go, what are you talking about? And he's like, I would never have this guy manage me. And I said, no, it's like, it's like the universe heard you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this may not be the person, but so we're inching closer. So we're getting closer to the rollout and we should celebrate in the subtle, even though it's not exactly showing up like you, you expected or that it works for you. Well, you know what I, I love? And Joseph, it looks like you have a thought. So I'm going to bounce it to you. But what I love about this little story here is it's that manager may not be right for him, mm-hmm. but it's getting clear about why that manager is not right for you so that when the right one does show up, you know it. Right? Yes. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. what we're celebrating. Yes. Love it. So, I don't have a segue for this. I apologize for that. But One of the wheels in my head is churning when we look at manifestation and the law of attraction. And and you haven't mentioned this too much, but also our vibration. And I want to invite into the conversation how our vibration changes when we're complaining. So not that your son was complaining that this isn't the right manager, but there's this sense for some of us that when things aren't billboard, when things aren't like, oh, that's exactly what I asked for. See, I'm on the right path. We can get into a habit of complaining and being negative. And I'm wondering if you can speak to that and how that could affect our manifestation. I love that. Yes, he was complaining and he was being negative. Absolutely. And um, I, I 
I love that you brought us to this point because the energy that you are giving out in law of attraction is what you're getting back. And so, so we're attracting, if I'm complaining, we're attracting more things to complain about. I mean, that's just, that's the law of attraction. Um, that is why we, we feel to be intentional, but, and I don't want to go off on a like fake positivity or going back to the boardroom where, you know, we were talking about, you, you know, looking at showing up in, in uh, an authentic way. And I don't want to go back to that. I was still mad about the meeting and I still went and had my feeling, my mad feeling. Um, but then we still went back to the board meeting and we were um, doing the best we could to navigate the energy, our energy in the boardroom, not anybody else's energy. And so energy is a real thing. And, um, you know, we always look at our emotions. We're like, shame and guilt has no place anywhere. It's the lowest form of vibration, you know? And then you get up, complaining is actually better than that. Okay. So complaining is going up the scale of vibration, you know? And we think that, you know, we believe that you, you've got to be at least in a place of neutrality and not forcing yourself. I used to be, you know, uh, this spiritual bypass or whatever. Like, I'm fine. I'm always good. I'm positive. I'm going to think of an affirmation, you know? Like, sometimes you just need to sit in it and be unhappy, but then it's how you navigate beyond that. And so I invited my son to think in terms of a little bit differently, and hopefully he walked away with a different experience, but vibration's a real thing. Gina, did mm -hmm. you have something to add to that? Uh, yeah, other than that was fantastic. Holly. It was perfect. And I think, you know, it's, um, we all have capacity to change and rewire how we, if you're more naturally inclined to, to be disappointed, frustrated, angry, um, <clears throat> feel like everyone's out to get you, nothing ever goes your way. If you're kind of that type of person, um, you know, it's within our capacity to change that norm. 100%. It just takes diligence and practice and, and probably some good people around you like Holly is that really can help you. Like my husband gets so frustrated. I mean, so frustrated driving in the car when we hit red lights. It's as if it's an offense to him. It's like the whole system, the whole grid is out to get him. He's so pissed off. And I, and it changes the energy. And I said, you know what, if you just, just assume that the light was green, the light will be green more often, but you're, you're looking for the red and then he gets pissed off every time it gets red light. So it's just, you got to flip on, in most of those cases, it's just flipping your perspective and really coming at it in a more healthy, positive, energetic sort of mm -hmm. way. Um, and, you know, if you have people who can point it out to you and help, help you, like Holly did so much of that for mm -hmm. me. Um, I think she has to do it less these days. I, I do. Sometimes she still has to, but less because, you know, I'm coming at the world much differently than I, I did years ago. And her voice is probably in your head. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> always. everywhere. It's everywhere. Joseph, Joseph's it's everywhere. voice is in my head. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yes, it is. And I'm, <laughs> great, I'm grateful for it yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we, as we wrap this up, I'm yeah. wondering if there's any areas for you, Gina, or for you, Holly, where you are still waiting for permission. And you, we don't need to solve that today, but if there's just anything that you would like to put forth into the universe of where you're waiting for permission. 
You know, I think um, I am a self-diagnosed um, people pleaser, um, pretty high on the scale. Um, and so I fight the waiting for permission thing a lot. Um, maybe less permission, more approval. But it feels like, I mean, it's sort of, I feel like they are one and the same mm-hmm. in, in some respects. Um, and so I do fight that quite a bit um, of, you know, am I doing this because I feel it's in my best interest or I want to, or am I doing this because I feel like I need to, or I will upset people if I don't. So um, the permission to lose, to, to uh, reform in that area, um, continue to reform in that area is something I, I do need more of. Yeah. Thank you for that authenticity, mm-hmm. my dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same question yeah. to you, Holly. Yeah, great. Well, thank you for that. Um, I well, I'm going to start with a funny. I am waiting for permission to write that musical, Joseph. Okay, but I'm going to go a little farther and just say I feel like this is the journey I'm on right now. Is waiting for permission to really call myself a creative. Which I think I was born. I know I know I was born as a creative, but it is something that I'm waiting for per- myself, give myself permission to really call myself that. And I heard my son say, "Hey, mom, you're creative," and I'm, I'm a corporate gal from the beginning of my career with a tie, suit and tie with the men, you know. And so I'm. That's my journey right now. Mm. <laughs> I, I love it. You wearing a t-shirt that says, I'm going to start with the funny. <laughs> <laughs> start with the funny. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Screw the numbers. That's what, that's what Screw her the- is going to say now. Screw the numbers. It's going to be on the back of that. Yeah. Anything for you, Grande? Oh, is this the same question? Sure. Or did you just want me to just say something? Because I, I can do, do both. Whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you want. Oh, you want me to? Okay. Because uh, then I'm going to throw it to you, Joseph, because this will be a lovely way to end. Uh, uh, something I'm waiting for permission on. Uh, I would say it's giving myself permission on a daily basis to know that I have tremendous value and that I'm, I'm worth it. Like I'm, I, I, mm. And that pe- people can pay me what I'm worth and that's okay. And that's been a tough, speaking of the creative path, that has been uh, a conversation in my head and amongst my community for many a year. And so I am still working every day diligently to give myself permission to value myself, my services, and, and what I have to offer and give to people. Hmm. So, I celebrate that for you. All right, you, Joseph, your turn. Thank so- you. The thing that comes to mind, it's not something I'm waiting for permission for, because I just had the idea last week when I was on retreat on the East Coast. And I had this idea when I was trying to fall asleep that I want to start a museum called the Museum of Found Objects, otherwise known as MOFO, because I'm a found object sculptor. I have been for 22 years. And most times when people walk into my space, they say, wow, this is like a museum. So I want to start that. The Museum of Found Objects, MOFO. Oh my and, God, uh, can I be there for that. the opening? Yes, you can. Yes. Now, those <laughs> so. t-shirts would be cool too. Just have MOFO on the front, right? Yeah. 
I love it. Awesome. My friend said idea. you will never have to advertise that. So, no. Yeah. So good. No. Yeah, that's great. Oh and I'm God, already practicing really picking up the phone and saying, thank you for calling, mofo. <laughs> Oh my god! Of course, I, I won't it. be answering the phone. That would be my highly no. paid assistant. Yes. Your highly paid yeah, assistant. I love it. Well, so I have a my last question is: Where can people find you? Because they need to be able to find you. We're at LOAUncorked.com and we're on all of the platforms for our podcast. Come find us, and if you subscribe, we have this really cool um, badassery toolkit you'll get to learn all about yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you. And we'll put that in our show notes as well. Well, it has been a pleasure. Thank you. I did have a lot of fun having a conversation with both of you. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts for you, Gina? Yeah, this is fantastic. Fantastic. You guys are just a a true delight. We were thrilled to have you on our podcast. And, um, you know, it's fun to be in the presence of another really powerful, strong, heartfelt partners ship like mm-hmm. like you and, and Meredith. So it's been delightful. Thank you. Oh, beautiful. So Thank you. Very Such well a pleasure. said. Thank you so much, Gina, for saying that. Yeah. And I agree a hundred percent. Thank you so much. We really enjoy you, your podcast, and you really have something very special. Thank you. Mm. Thanks. Thanks for listening, listener. We'll see you next week. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Are You Waiting for Permission? If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, we want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grandi of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. All right, my friends, until next week. Bye.